0: But first, it's been a tough two years for the restaurant industry. But yesterday, a few of them got some good news. The revered Michelin stars were just handed out, and these are there are four newcomers rather from Chicago. This year, we can boast 23 restaurants with stars. And here to dish out all the details for us is Chicago Tribune reporter Josh Noel. Hey, Josh, welcome back.
1: Good morning. Nice to chat with you again.
0: Tell us about the four Chicago restaurants that were awarded a Michelin star yesterday.
1: Yes, so uh, three of them opened in 2021. Uh, all uh, had had some eyeballs on them as they opened because the chefs uh, were were quite well regarded before opening their own places. Uh, one is Claudia, which is in Bucktown and has sort of a uh, it, it's contemporary has a little bit of a French French flair to it. Uh Esme, which I want to say is in Lincoln Park and that um they, they went big right out of the gate, two hundred dollar tasting menu. Uh mm-hmm. and then Kasama uh which is in Bucktown and is a Filipino restaurant um they all got one michelin star it is a one to three scale so even though it's just quote unquote just one it's still quite a tremendous achievement and then the other restaurant uh was been opened a little longer it's called galit it's in lincoln park uh, it is a middle eastern restaurant it opened in 2019 but it just got its first star yesterday as well
0: nice and remind us josh how the the michelin ratings are awarded and the uh, anonymous inspectors that they use.
1: Yeah, so they, Michelin, uh, the, it's a very serious process. It's, it's very all, uh, it, it's it's meant to be very, very quiet, very hush-hush. Uh, inspectors are, are fanned out across the city. Um, supposedly the restaurants get no notice that inspectors are coming in. They start dining out about now. This is sort of the start of the Michelin calendar. Um, and then the, throughout the year, they'll, they'll visit restaurants, return to restaurants, and then in the spring, they, uh, they announce their stars. And, they're, they're, you know, there aren't a lot of stars out there. Uh, I want to say the number is uh, 23 restaurants in Chicago that have at least one Michelin star. So it is, it is a pretty uh, revered uh, designation to get.
0: And, and is this pretty life-changing for a restaurant owner?
1: Yeah, it it really is. Um, there's a, a huge burst of attention. Uh, you know, media is on it. I, I wrote about it yesterday as soon as the the announcements were made, uh, and there is a lot of uh, there's a lot of interest in it. The the you know we're we're looking at our metrics, and people people read these stories. They're very interested in who gets Michelin stars, and it does draw a lot of attention to the restaurants. I asked the uh, Owner of Galit yesterday. I said, "What do you think is going to happen now?" And he said, "Well, we're going to get a whole bunch of new uh, new patrons to our restaurant, and, and probably a different kind of patron uh, to, to just sort of people who live in the neighborhood or you know don't don't think a whole lot about uh, their dining habits beyond oh that sounds good. Uh, Michelin stars may not be the biggest deal, but to people who really sort of follow." The industry and the you know so-called quote-unquote foodies uh, and you know food tourism is a huge thing. Like those people, they will probably beeline to the Michelin starred restaurant. So it really does create a a quick boost for uh, for the places that that jump on the uh, the Michelin radar.
0: Now, did any restaurants fall off the Michelin list?
1: They did. Um, four of them have closed. Uh, Acadia, which was, Chicago has just a, a few uh, two-starred restaurants. Acadia was one of them, but Acadia has been closed for about two years, and the closure turned permanent, so they came off. And then three other restaurants that had one star that have permanently closed also fell off. And then a uh, Korean restaurant, Parachute, which also had a star, uh, is, is sort of has an, a- it, it lost its star, but with an asterisk, because it's, had an extended closure uh, due to a remodeling issue, and so okay. inspectors will revisit. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it get its star back again next year. But 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 for the moment, it has it, it lost its star. But but not for really anything uh, bad they've done. Put it that way.
0: Well, you know, for, for Josh, uh, for some diners, a Michelin star signals one word, and that's expensive, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, Michelin sure. has come up with something that you know they call the Bib Gourmand designation. Can you tell us what that is?
1: Yeah, Bib Gourmand. There's a whole lot more Bib Gourmand restaurants uh, in, than uh, Michelin starred restaurants. There are 55 Bibs, as they call them, in Chicago, uh, and that is just meant to reflect uh, food that is sort of approaching that Michelin level, but at a much uh, more affordable price. And that that's, uh, if, if someone's interested in sort of exploring this realm of the of the dining world, that's uh, you know without uh, forking over a, a ton of uh, cash, uh, that, that's a that's a really good place to start. Is check that list and, and uh, see what looks good.
0: Yeah, for sure. And Alinea, that remains Chicago's only restaurant with three Michelin stars. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, We have had other three Michelin-starred restaurants in the past. Uh, Grace was one, but that closed. L2O was one, that closed. And, uh, yep, Alinea's still it. There was some speculation that Ever, which has two Michelin stars, might make it to the realm of three this year because it is run by Curtis Duffy, who had three Michelin stars with Grace. Uh, but it, it held firm at two, and well, I'm sure they're hoping to get that third star next year since they didn't get it this year.
0: What do you think is is the secret ingredient to getting a Michelin star, Josh? Do you think there's something in particular that they're looking for?
1: Um, well, hi- hype and buzz, honestly, and pedigree—those those things all count, but but not exclusively. I don't I don't mean to sound cynical about that, um, cause, um, but you know, Galit sort of came out of nowhere a little bit with with the star this year. It's well, you know, it, it has a, a, a nice following in Chicago. Uh, and I asked their chef owner uh, what he thought made them turn the corner three years after opening in terms of, of Michelin. And he said um, they, they he did some things just coming out of sort of the most stringent pandemic lockdowns to challenge his chefs a little bit and have a little more fun after, you know so many months of just putting falafel in takeout boxes, as he said. And so he went to larger plates. They got more experimental with their ingredients. They went to a tasting menu. They just sort of refined things a little bit while mm-hmm. also, you know, making some of the best pita and hummus in the city. Um, so it Michelin likes that that higher-end vibe and flavor, but it seems like they're increasingly uh, – Open to and embracing different approaches to it, which uh, Galit is the first Middle Eastern restaurant in Chicago to get a star. Uh, uh, Kasama is the first Filipino restaurant in Chicago to get a star. So it, it does yeah. seem like they're they're looking for a very uh, you know a, a unmistakably high end experience, but with some approachability in a lot of cases, not all of them. Alinea is still linear, right? But um, yeah. And, and then, again, pedigree, like where, where you've been, what you've done, that, that definitely catches their attention.
0: i got to ask, is, is there a Chicago restaurant or two that you think should have made the Michelin list? Like, are there any glaring absences?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I honestly don't have anything off the top of my head, but that's something worth thinking about.
0: <laughs> well, this is very interesting stuff. Uh This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. If you're just tuning in, that's Josh Noel with the Chicago Tribune. We've been discussing the Michelin restaurant ratings that just came out. Thanks for the update, Josh.
1: Yeah, anytime. Thank you.
0: We're now going to throw a very different kind of restaurant rating into the conversation. Yelp will begin including health inspection data for Chicago restaurants on its review site. Now here to discuss that is Luther Lowe. Senior Vice President of Public Policy at Yelp. Welcome, Luther. Hi, thanks for having me on. So can you share the details of how this will work for Chicago restaurants? Like how is Yelp gathering this health health inspection data?
2: Sure. Well, uh, it, it might be worth kind of understanding some of the background in terms of how we got into this business of displaying restaurant scores for almost a decade Yelp has had a function where municipalities can bring their data to us, organize it in a particular way, and have us display it on the restaurant business listing on Yelp uh, with the attributes uh, where you would see kind of where the business hours are and phone number and whatnot. That is now being scaled to over 700,000 restaurants. And so the, the significance of this announcement that we've made this week is that Basically we're taking uh, we're, we're kind of taking it an order of magnitude higher and the way that we're able to do that is by partnering with uh, a group that takes it's a Seattle based company that uh, basically is going through uh, all the different. gov uh, sites and servers ingesting that data and displaying mm-hmm. it uh, up on um, on Yelp.
0: So Yelp has already been doing this in in various parts of the country this this health inspection data including Chicago's north suburb of Evanston uh, but it was dependent on whether they could access the public health department data is that correct
2: Right I think you know we came into this process somewhat optimistically that if we if we announced hey if uh, we'll we'll establish an open data standard basically a a common language where municipalities will be able to format their data and and share it with us, that everybody would kind of form a single file line and, and bring their data to us. But everybody does it differently, and there's all kinds of weird internal politics uh, depending on the ju- jurisdiction. And so, what we are uh, what we learn through the process is that it makes a lot more sense to just Uh, find entities which are already going out and doing this and and aggregating the data for separate kind of B2B purposes, but taking it and creating a more consumer-friendly function. So Mm -hmm. this is significant because when people have access to this data, it actually reduces the amount of foodborne illness which occurs because two things are going on. Number one, consumers are staying away from restaurants that that might be failing and they wouldn't have otherwise known that uh and number two there's a lot of more pressure on restaurants because the the sun there's sunlight on whether or not they're passing or failing or they're or they're passing with conditions and that helps put a lot of pressure on the restaurant industry to ensure that they're cleaning up their
0: act so so this health inspection data will be easy for us to see on the app, right? It'll be easy for consumers to find the past Yeah, exactly. and and...
2: If you're looking at any uh, restaurant business listing, in fact, it's it's live right now. So if you go to, uh, you know, any, uh, virtually any entity, unless there's some kind of mismatch of the data, but basically, you know, uh, the Whale Chicago, Girl and the Goat, the Purple Pig, you go into any of these entities on the Yelp app right now, you scroll just below the um The photo and uh, get into the attributes and you'll see the pass, fail, and you'll be able to actually click through and see what what particular notes the environmental health inspector had.
0: Now, um, of course, health inspectors can have different standards in different regions and towns, right? So health inspection criteria and the inspectors themselves, that can vary widely. So how do consumers make sense of that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think our job is to do everything we can to uh, get things into a format that are consumer friendly. And we hope that by putting some sunlight on this data, it encourages jurisdictions who might be less consumer friendly to think about how they can create more simple paradigms, whether it's like a, you know, San Francisco, for example, has like a zero to a hundred score. Uh, where 100 is the best, uh, New York and Los Angeles have ABC, Chicago has pass-fail. It doesn't mean that everybody has to adhere to the same uh, sort of format. It just is important to have something that makes sense to consumers. And the good news is that the system that Yelp is operating uh, is kind of compatible with all of them. Uh, we're able to, on the back end, kind of uh, you know process it and put it into the format that makes sense and is familiar to uh, the residents of that particular jurisdiction.
0: So in the end, Luther, you think this sort of transparency makes our restaurants safer for consumers?
2: I mean, I it's not even that I think. I mean, there's actually really strong empirical evidence to support that claim. So in the late 90s, for example, Los Angeles County uh, was the first jurisdiction in the U.S. to really uh, pass regulations that required restaurateurs to display uh, placards that showed sort of their ABC scores. Within two years, there was a 13% reduction in hospitalization in, due to foodborne illness, and 90% of restaurants had A or B scores. So it not only uh, you know caused fewer uh, hospitalizations, but also uh, raised the bar within the industry. So that was in part an inspiration for us rolling out this program in 2013, uh, kind of in its beta phase. Now that we're operating at scale and we've been operating in a few cities for uh, many years, we've done kind of parallel studies that have looked at the same types of, of, of effects. And we've seen that Yelp's display of this data is having a similar effect to uh, the Los Angeles, this sort of seminal Los Angeles study from the 90s. And so I'm just really excited about this because it's it's taking it to just this you know, huge scale. And so I, I think this is literally going to save lives.
0: That's Luther Lowe, Senior Vice President of Public Policy at Yelp. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on.